Welcome along to episode 159 of the Jersnet Weekly Podcast, a totally free and independent Rangers podcast made by fans for fans, where all of our content is absolutely free all of the time. And that doesn't just end with the podcast here at Jersnet, but if you head over to the website at www.jersnet.co.uk, you can find a whole host of really excellent content, including articles, social media, a history archive, as well as the very, very friendly discussion forum. So please do head over to the website at jersnet.co.uk and check that out. It's just gone 9.30 on Sunday the 21st of uh, November. So if you're joining us live on the Jersnet YouTube stream tonight, then thank you very much for giving up your Sunday evening. I appreciate after the, the result today at Hamden. Uh, you'd probably rather be watching I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here. I know I would be, but regardless, here we are. Um, you've got four, I say four smiling faces. Uh, not all of them are smiling tonight, um, but, but four faces nevertheless for your viewing pleasure. Um, so if you are joining us live tonight, thank you very, very much for joining us. Uh, remember that as always, the podcast is available for download. Uh, first thing on a Monday, and that's available wherever you get your podcasts from, including at Acast, iTunes, YouTube, Castbox, Stitcher, and also on Spotify. Uh, what I'll do is I'll introduce our Scotland-based guests first um, before we we take a look at, uh, at the appointment of Giovanni van Bronckhorst with uh, a, a very distinguished guest from the Netherlands as well. Uh, but first of all, the less distinguished side. Firstly, uh, let me bring in Colin Armstrong. Colin, it's a wonderful strip you've got hanging up behind you. What's uh, what have you got there? It's nice, isn't it? It's a, it's a replica, uh, the 1974 World Cup shirt, uh, the, the Netherlands shirt, and it's Cruyff's number, number 14. It's my boys, I've borrowed it, I tie on it, it was minging, but uh, it looks pretty good. So that's, and it's also orange, and hopefully, uh, Graham Spears was saying a few weeks ago that we are his favourite podcast, so I was looking for something orange just to annoy him, you know, just yeah. to get him wound up, so yeah, hopefully that'll, that'll do the ticket. I'm sure. I was going to ask if that if you if you wore that today to Hamden to, to welcome. Oh, it's, to you, it's, a bit, it's a bit, it's a bit, three sizes too small. For me. I was going to say, it's, even though it's your boys, it's both too small and you are simultaneously too short for it. I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But better that. Yeah, that's a shame. Um, also joining us apparently from the NASA control room this evening is John McAllen. <laughs> John, uh, where did you get that headset from? Do you like it? I got it looks like John Peel. <laughs> It's, um, it's a I just I'm here just to try and lighten the mood a little bit. I mean, we've got this special guest all the way from from Holland, from Rotterdam, a big Fire Nord fan, and Colin chooses to pick out the biggest hero in Ajax's history and hang yeah. it in the back just to start the program the way he means to go on. He also played. He also played for Fire Nord and he scored against Ajax. Yes, but still, yeah. Yep. So, you know, yep. let's let's take that into consideration. Okay. There uh, we go. Yeah, so you may mock how I look, and that's okay. <laughs> I get it. It's usually the beard. Sometimes it's the squinty eyes. Tonight it's the headphones. But at least I haven't decided to come out and insult our guests. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Um, I will bring in our, our distinguished guest from the Netherlands. I'm really, really pleased to welcome Rob from... Uh, Rob, I'm really sorry if I butcher the pronunciation here, but from the Feyenoord podcast, uh, Kain Giloil. Is that okay? Well, that's pretty okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty okay. There you yeah. go. That's pretty, pretty much everything I do on this podcast is pretty okay. So that's fine. <laughs> Rob, um, thank you so much for joining us. We'll, we'll ask our Scottish guests to, to, to keep quiet for a few moments um, whilst we whilst we look at the appointment of, of Giovanni van Bronckhorst. Yeah. As you'll have seen, obviously, he uh, he signed for, for Rangers as, as our 17th permanent manager uh, on, on Thursday this week, just gone, um, which is seven days after we, we lost our previous manager. Um, Stephen Gerrard moved down a couple of hours down the road to, to Aston Villa in the in the English Premier League. Um, and yeah, thank you so much for, for giving up a couple of uh, a couple of minutes this evening to, to talk to us about Gio, obviously. Uh, a, a player who spent a number of years with with yourselves at Feyenoord, both as a player and as a as a manager. Um, so I'm sure you'll you'll have a lot of insight to uh, to bring us on on what we can expect. Hopefully. Um, so uh, like like I say, he takes charge formally. I think from from tomorrow morning after the the, the work permit issues and everything has has been sorted. Yep. Given you know how how he played at Feyenoord and uh, brought some success to, to to your team after a, a fairly barren spell in the league, certainly. Um, what do you think we can expect from from Gio in terms of his tactics and his style of play? Well, in uh, uh, price wise, he he was one of the most successful coaches we've had in the recent I don't know decades. Uh, he was here uh, four years, four seasons. We won the league, we won the cup twice, we won the super cup twice, we played Champions League. Uh, so it was uh, it were four wonderful years. Um, he's a bit. I would say conservative. Um, he's not too, um, how do you call it, spectacular in, in his game style, playing style. Uh, 
he thinks the most important thing is to keep the nil. And if we can score, that's okay. But uh, one nil better than 4-3 or 5-4 or 3-2. Uh, so I think you can expect a bit of realism maybe if you need it in Glasgow. I don't know. Um, but he's good, in, he's good in that. And he's a great people manager. I think that's his best uh, capability. It's really it's interesting. I mean, you have seen our result today, losing losing three goals and yeah. uh, three goals in the first forty five minutes. And I, in our last six games now, we've conceded uh, the first goal of the game. And most of them, we've turned them around and got a positive result. But leaking goals this season is a real, real problem for us. Yeah. So that's um, it's also funny because uh, you may have seen that Celtic, our biggest rivals, uh, appointed a new manager in the summer. And a lot of the talk when when this guy was appointed for them was he's here to score goals and play attacking football and entertaining, and he'd rather lose five four than than draw one one oh, really? like that. So yeah. a real contrast of styles, hopefully. It is, it is, and um, um, yeah, sorry. What is what has the reaction been amongst amongst Feyenoord fans and in, in, in the media in, in the Netherlands to see Gio come across? Uh, he's coming to Rangers. You mean? Yes, exactly. Uh, I was very delighted to hear because um, he has a history at Rangers. He was managing uh, a club in China. I don't like when big stars like him go yeah. to China or, or Dubai or to, to train some low-level club with a lot of money. Uh, it's not really challenging, I guess. So I'm very happy he's back to a real football country like uh, Scotland is. Um, and now we can watch him from a bit closer. So he's back a little bit. Yeah, it's, uh, it's nice of you to call us a real football country. Uh, it <laughs> does not always feel like that. Um, I mean, he, 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 as you say, he was very, very successful as a, as a manager yeah. at, at Feyenoord. Um, but in the seasons after, after winning the, the top title uh, with you guys, it, it did seem to tail away a little bit, drop, drop off in form. And he wasn't able to, to replicate the success, certainly in, in the league. So, was, there, was there a, a reason for that? And how did the, the fans view that? Yeah, I think the reason was not uh, Gio, to be honest. It was not his fault. Um, it was the lack of scouting. A lot of good players went, like their scout, he quit. Uh, we had a beautiful winger who uh, was transferred. And it were all some older players. So we didn't get much money from them. Um, and we just bought uh, the best of the rest of the league, uh, which was not good enough yet. And we expected uh, a, a league win again. Um, but it was a bit of lazy scouting. I think that was more the reason why we failed to um, succeed again than that it was Gio's fault. Um, yeah. So we built it up, and like it, when Gio started in, I would guess it was 2015, it ran really bad. Also under his uh, uh, under his work, we lost seven matches in a row. Then Dick Advocaat, also uh, an ex Rangers coach, yeah, came in as a mentor for Gio for a couple of months, and then Gio uh, uh, knew what we what, uh, knew what we uh, we was doing, and then um, it went better. So it had a it was in the lift, and then after the title, it went down again. But I, it would be not, not be fair to blame that on Gio, I think. Yeah, that's, uh, I, I guess that's that's good to hear. Colin, yeah. I think you want to come in. Uh, Rob, was, was the budget anything to do with it? I mean, I've, I've read that, you know, the budgets of Ajax and PSV are considerably higher yeah. than Fireners. Did that have an impact on his, his capability to, to win other titles? Yeah, of course, of course. Um, we had some ex a lot of experience in the season we uh, we were champions. Uh, that was the main reason why we we could do it, uh, because what you say is true. We didn't have any, or maybe we had five million euros, so six four million pounds to uh, to transfer on the transfer market. So that was nothing. Uh, so of course, we didn't have ten tons of millions to to spend afterwards to put new quality back into the squad. And that's still a problem, to be honest, in a yeah. final. Rob, I have, a, I have a friend who supports, I'm going to murder the pronunciation of this, 
N E C Nijmegen. Yeah. Nijmegen. Yeah, yeah. Okay. They just were just promoted. True. Just came up. Yeah. Last yeah. one. And uh, so I was speaking with him about uh, Van Bronckhorst. And he said about what you said. He said that Van Bronckhorst had been had been lucky the season they won the league. He'd been lucky. He had Dirk out, and and Dirk out had 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 the season of his life. Yeah, uh, and, and had been the difference for Feyenoord that season, and he had not been able to replace him. Is that is that fair? Yeah, totally, totally. Um, and not only Kuyt, uh, we had three or four players who left that season. Some very talented uh, wingbacks also. Uh, I don't know if you know the names. Uh, Karsdorp, who's playing in Italy right now. Uh, he was fantastic. Congolo played in the Premier League for a short time. Was not a success, but at Feyenoord he was one of the best wingbacks uh, of the league. And they all left, so a lot of talents. And uh, Feyenoord has a big uh, youth academy, but it's not like you can just replace new wingbacks into the squad again with no money. So you cannot buy anything interesting. Uh, also, because we didn't have any scouting left at the moment, it's not a joke. We really had no one in Scandinavia or South America, or it was just um, pure luck. Uh, so your friend is right. Yep. I'm not going to tell him that. That'll just make him big-headed. But it's good to know <laughs> I can rely on his judgment yeah, yeah. in the future. Yeah, yeah, you can. And he's got and a big Rob- head, John. You, you could give him a one of those uh, those headphones. The, the headphones, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's, um, he's in all the rage in Holland. <laughs> I'm not so sure about that. Rob, um, yeah. we, we also seem to have kind of brought across a lot of, of Geo's backroom staff who, who also spent time at, at Feyenoord, the likes of, of Roy Mackay, um, Arno Phillips, Yori Bosschart. Um, what kind of, I mean, the, these names are actually, certainly Roy Mackay is causing a lot of excitement as well amongst the Rangers fan base. We remember this guy as a footballer um, and, and to have him as, as part of our backroom team is, is yeah. it's pretty exciting. Um what was the, the, the cohesion amongst these guys like at Feyenoord? What was their dynamic and, and how well did they work together? I think uh, what we could see from the stands and in interviews and on the training ground, uh, they were all about the same age. They mm-hmm. played together, Makai and Gio. So it was uh, like a kind of deep friendship. I guess that's why Ro Makai is going with him now also to your club. Um, Makai uh, was a great striker, so I think his, he will focus on that. Uh, I know you have a great striker at Rangers. Is he still with you, Morelos? He's still with us, but I'm not sure we'd say he's great this season. <laughs> no? <laughs> no, he's, he's struggling a wee bit this season. But I mean, I remember, we, obviously, Rangers and Feyenoord played but three three years ago in, in the yeah. Europa League. And um, yeah, he, he got two headers, I think, in, in Feyenoord in, in, in Rotterdam and... Uh, yeah, he, he excels in Europe actually, and and this season it just hasn't it hasn't happened for him in the league. But um, yeah, I I think you're right. Presumably, Roy Mackay is if 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 Roy Mackay, someone with his history and stature in the game, cannot get this guy firing properly, then yeah, what yeah. else can we do? Exactly, and I think I think Mackay is a, um, a great uh, trainer on the on the training guard for strikers, especially. Um, in Rotterdam, now we have Robin van Persie, who does the same. Those two were magnificent strikers, so I, I'm sure they will learn something from them. Um, it will be tiny things, uh, but I'm sure they will. The other two guys who you mentioned, I really don't remember what their role exactly was, because it was mainly Gio and uh, Roy. Yeah. Um, but I guess they will be all right. I hope so. Their chemistry right. is, uh, is uh, they're close. Uh, what I said, their, their bond is very big and strong. So and they're a bit more, they're four, uh, they're now how many years? They have six years more experience than they yeah. uh, started at Feyenoord. So they're a bit experienced as well. Yeah, exactly. Well, we will, we'll have to see what happens. It's, um, it's an exciting time. I think, you know, I think Colin and, and John would agree that it's an appointment that has got the Rangers fans excited and not just because of the history of Gio as a player. Obviously, Gio has an excellent connection to Rangers and, uh, you know, around about the early 2000s, we had Dick Advocat as the manager. We, we kind of had this Dutch revolution of players like Gio, like um, like Arthur Newman. Yeah. Uh, and 
these guys were incredibly successful and and uh, brought a new kind of style of football to Glasgow. It was very very exciting. But also then everything that Gio went on to do after playing at Rangers, playing at uh, at Arsenal, Barcelona, um, 106 caps for the Netherlands, captaining to the World Cup final. Yep. And then you see what he did with Feyenoord in, in, in a club that, you know, you look at the history of Rangers over the last 10 seasons. Um, we've been in some dark places. We were starved of success yeah. for, for a long time. And we've seen what, what Gio can do. Um, again, arguably not the biggest budget in the league or, or the, the, the direct rivals have more money that they can spend on on players and on salaries. Um, we have also been there. So to see this guy come in, he, he seems to fit the mould. Of, of what we're looking for. So I think it's a, it's an incredibly exciting time. Um, yeah. I hope that you as, as Feyenoord fans have uh, kind of gotten over the results against Rangers a couple of seasons ago. And oh yeah, of course. Wish us success <laughs> this season um, because it's, it's it was. very exciting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to him in, uh, in Glasgow. And uh, I hope, you know, when he came to Feyenoord Geo, there were no expe- expectations at all uh, mm-hmm. with the fans. And I think um, now at Rangers, there are a lot of expectations. And he, uh, he's got big shoes to fill. Uh, the shoes from Steven Gerrard, who did well, I guess, in, in yeah. at your club. So that's a different uh, way to come in at a club. Uh, I think the pressure is higher now. Uh, so hopefully you'll get the time. Do you, does, is Glasgow Rangers a club where you get the time if you lose four or five times in a row? Uh, no. No. <laughs> no. No? Not four or five times in a row. No, I'll be honest, uh, I don't think Rangers have ever lost five times in a row. No, that, in Holland it, it, it's a bit closer, the competition. Yeah. Uh, then in Scotland you have two clubs and then uh, nothing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I like that. Right, I really yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so maybe not four times, but but if the results just uh, you're not four points. Uh, at the top, yeah. four points in uh, ahead, ahead, just Celtic, now, yeah. ahead of Celtic. So uh, in, uh, at Christmas, if that's zero, is Geo still there? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, yeah. So things uh, would have to go very, very badly. Yeah. For him to to you know not survive the season, I mean things yeah. would have to go spectacularly badly. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, I mean I, I think even if we didn't win the league this season, you know as long as as long as the, we could see what he was trying to do and and, and there was you know obvious signs that uh, the club was going the right direction, you know he would start next season. But uh, you know I, I guess if if things weren't looking great by halfway through next season, then I don't know if he would still be with us. No. And that's not just him. I think that would be any manager. Yeah. That's really weird in Scotland. The way we look at it, you have only two clubs who can uh, uh, get champions. So to finish top two is not really a goal. It will always happen. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it's quite an unhealthy yeah. situation. You know, it creates all... The, I mean, I, I don't mind the expectation at Rangers and all the rest of it, but because, because it is a two-horse race, it, it, it can be... It becomes really unhealthy at times, you know what I mean. If the things don't go right, and and I don't, I don't think it helps the, the, our, our game in general that, that it's that it's like that. But that's what it is. It is what it is, and we just need to get on with that, you know what I mean. Rangers are expected to win titles. The only other club that's really expected to win titles is is that mob over the road, and and that's that's the way it is. So when it when it's like that, when it's a two horse race, there's pressure. First is everything, yeah. and second is nothing. And to be fair, Van Bronckhorst knows that. Yeah, you know, yeah he's still, he he's, he's, he isn't coming from um, from a, a, a position of no knowledge. You know, he's played oh. here; he understands the, the dynamic. So, you know, he at least understands that before he comes. We've had managers in the past who perhaps didn't understand that before they came. Uh, I think Van Bronckhorst does. Yeah, I think so. He will. So, Rob, we uh, had a terrible result this afternoon, and we need some time to rant, moan, and swear about that. So, um, <laughs> what I'm going to say is. I'll say a massive thank you for, for giving us the, you know, the benefit of your time and, and your insight. I would recommend that um, well, you know all, all of our listeners who have an interest in European football, interest in Dutch football, do head over and, and check out uh, Kain Gilloyal. I don't think my pronunciation will have improved. but uh, Kain mm-hmm. Gil- yeah, yeah, exactly. What does it mean? Uh, it's be, it means um, uh, no words but deeds, something like that. 
Um, okay. And it was an expression from a, an Austrian coach we had in the 70s, Ernst Hoppel. Okay. Who, who uh, gave who us European uh, Cup. against Celtic. Yeah. 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 Do you like that guy? He's a good yeah, guy. Yeah, he's, a good guy. <laughs> he's one of the good guys. He's one of the good guys. Yeah, our, yeah. Our, our podcast is in Dutch, so I don't know if your uh, listeners will uh, understand any of it, but uh, maybe we'll do uh, one English podcast uh, somewhere. You should, maybe you, should do it, you should do it specifically about that game. You should do an English version just talking about that, that European Cup final. I would certainly watch it. I would, I would tune into that, yeah. Thanks. I'll take it in mind. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Rob. Thank you so much for coming. Thanks, Rob. And, uh, Cheers, Rob. Good season. luck with the season. Thanks. You too. Cheers. Thank you. Bye. Right, gents. Um, we avoided it for a good 20 minutes there, but we're going to have to talk about hips. Um <laughs> Colin was uh, was brave enough to, to get himself to Hamden today, um, and we still have uh, an allergic reaction to Hamden and to cup football, and uh, it's um, a, a real kind of source of ongoing frustration. We offend, uh, defended abysmally today, Colin. Uh, the first goal went in pretty pretty early on. I think we actually started the game okay, started looking pretty lively. They picked up a couple of very very early bookings, and at that point, you're thinking. We're we're onto something here. Get the ball down, run at them, and and they'll be terrified. And then they get a corner. Uh, we just had a feeling that something was going to happen, and Tavernier decides to chest the ball down and put it on a plate for Martin Boyle to score from from two yards. What has changed to make us so defensively fragile this season, particularly at, at defending set pieces? I honestly don't know, Ross. I, I I have to say I agree with pretty much everything you're saying there. Uh, I thought the first five to ten minutes before the goal, we looked like we had a bit about us. And that's kind of how all the games have been. You know, we, we, we tend to start games quite well and then concede, you know. And uh, I, I mean, I was, I mean, I, I have to make my sort of mandatory mention of how shite Hamden is. I was, I was in the traditional Celtic end behind the goal and you know, the majority of the goals happened at the other end and I had to re-watch them again online when I got home because trying to understand actually what had happened and the, the, the view was terrible. So it wasn't until I re-watched the goals coming home on the train that I realised that Tav was involved the way he was. You know, I don't, I don't know what he's doing. And Ian McGregor, you know, I've, I've thought this for a few weeks now. Anytime the ball goes into the box, McGregor looks... It's, it's actually like he's flapping. It's like he looks really unnerved and not confident, which is very unlike him. You know, he's normally a, a very confident and solid and the, the sort of guy you would want in your team. And he just looks all over the place. And, and I mean, I know Tab makes a mistake, but I, I don't think McGregor covers himself in glory in that first goal either. Uh, a bit of a farcical goal. Second goal wasn't much better, to be honest with you. I mean, I, I, when I look at... Uh, when I look at McGregor's angles, I think he's got the angles right. I, I, I'm not entirely sure how that, that goes in, to be honest with you. Uh, a really, really poor goal. The penalty kick, I've not, again, because I was at the other end, I've, I, I couldn't really comment as to whether it was a penalty or not. A couple of mates have messaged me saying it was kind of soft. But, you know, at the end of the day, we didn't lose the day because of, because of that decision. We lost the day because, essentially, Hibs had three shots on target in that first half and scored every single one of them. And it's, it's a recurring theme. It is completely, it's, it's, it's a picture and a, a, and a movie that we've seen time and time again this season. And so it was good to hear Rob saying that because I'd kind of I'd kind of had this energy geo of being you know, a typical sort of Dutch manager, you know, 4-3-3, quite attack-minded. So it was quite interesting to hear that, no, no, he focuses on the nil. And that sounds like the type of manager we need right now. We need someone to, to, to fix that that, that defence because, don't get me wrong, it's not the, the only problem in the team. But to me, it's the main problem because if you're conceding at the rate that we concede, then you're giving the strikers a harder job to do because, you know, <laughs> traditionally playing for Rangers, if you get one, there's a good chance you're winning the game. You know what I mean? Because Rangers teams are, are quite hard to beat and don't concede. You know, and if you get two, then you should win the game. The now, you know, well, today, two wasn't it? Two wouldn't have been enough. You know what I mean? And it's it's becoming the same thing time and time again. So to me, that's when, when Geo comes in, that's the main priority to, to find out what the issue is with that defence because 
it's it's just conceding far too often for a team that <clears throat> that but you know when you consider what this team done last season went through you know thirty eight league games undefeated I mean mm-hmm. you, you, you couldn't breach that defence last season no we all knew we weren't going to match that this season but the 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 drop off is is it's incredible it's it, 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 it's, it's to, to go for a team that didn't concede to one that concedes one two three every game. Is I, I can't put my I, I, I don't know what the issue is, but it needs sorted and it needs sorted quickly. Yeah, it's you, it, you, what you say about even if we'd scored twice today, we're we're not winning that game. And a game that was essentially a home game, you know, our city we have three quarters of the stadium. Hibbs's record there in the last five years is is appalling, um, but I think ours is worse. You know, um, John, we'll sort of take take a brief look at the second goal, but actually the. I mean, again, the defending, as Colin says, was was shocking. Goldson, in my mind, gets himself caught absolutely in no man's land, completely at sea, doesn't know where he's going. Um, the ball comes through to Martin Boyle. Again, decent decent enough finish. Could McGregor have done better? Uh, possibly. Um, is it a case that, you know, Goldson and Tavernier today, I, I think, are unquestionably poor? Balogun as well, I thought, had a, had a really, really poor game. Have we got a problem, particularly in defence, of key players not turning up this season in the way that they did last year? The team, the team's not playing well. I think it's easy for us. I, I, my, I'm always slightly concerned doing the Sunday night show when the game's been on a Sunday because the blood's still, the blood's still boiling, and and you know you you want a knee jerk, you know you want sack them all, get rid of them all, and and. You know, almost you need 24 hours to, to think about it a bit more clearly. Um, and a part of me is looking at that game today saying, you know what, it was just a freak game. Hibs had three chances and scored three goals. And, you know, Rangers could have played all afternoon in the second half and not scored again. I mean, the one from Goldson at the end where he skied it over the bar kind of summed it all up. The defence isn't playing well. You know, it's not been playing well all season. Um... I I don't know if Balogun is playing with an injury. Um, I was puzzled as to why they took him off when they did. You know, take him off at half time, take him off after thirty eight minutes. I could have understood that. Why take him off for ten minutes to go, fifty minutes to go? I, I had no idea. So I can only assume he was he was either playing with an injury or he picked up an injury during the match because it didn't make any sense to take him off otherwise. Um, so is he playing with an injury? Is he fully fit? I'm not sure. Is McGregor? pulling off the saves he was pulling off last season no not so far um, you know I've never felt McGregor's a player who commands his box particularly well McGregor's skill is doing nothing for 89 minutes and then pulling off a world class save you know that's one of the reasons he's been so good a Rangers goalkeeper but I've never thought he was particularly great coming for crosses I've never thought he was particularly good at, at that side of the game um, I think the second goal was a good goal you know sometimes I think you have to say you know what the boy absolutely buried it um, the guy Nisbet's a decent player he had a great game today every time he got the ball he was causing his problems um, I think their second goal was a good goal could we have defended it better yeah of course you could you could defend every goal a team scores against you better but it starts at the front you know it starts at the front and one of the reasons that we are conceding goals this season is we're not keeping the ball like we used to we're not hurting teams like we used to and, and that's that's coming from the very start, at the very top of the pitch, not just the defence. You know, we've spoken on this, and we'll continue to speak in this podcast about about Tavernier and Barisic's ability as defenders. You know, we know that that's not their strong point. Their strong point is in the opposition half, not not in in the defensive half. Um, and they need midfielders to cover. I, I thought today, I thought Davis had a, had a poor game. Um, you know, uh, uh, you know, and he wasn't the only one. Um, you know, there was a few poor players in, in our midfield today. I, I thought Aribo, for me, was about the only guy who you could say, um, you know, potentially got past marks. He was at least trying. He was, you know, he was creating things, and it, you know, just didn't seem to come off for him. Um, but but you know, Glenn Kamara had a poor game. You know, I thought Glenn Kamara actually was at fault for the first goal. I know Tav's going to take most of the blame, but Glenn Kamara just just went to sleep, let his boy go. Um, you know, set pieces. We've we've been suspect from set pieces before, or suspect from set pieces two seasons ago. We were better last season. 
two seasons ago we were suspect from set pieces you know they're not looking wonderful today um, so <laughs> I try and answer your question why are the key players not performing this season I don't know is there a malaise in the club you know, you know our entire coaching staff just left to join Aston Villa now I understand reasons for that I understand they'll be getting paid more money I understand you know for some of them they'll be closer to home but Gary McAllister not fancy the job you know Gary McAllister not thinking you know what actually, I'm quite like living here this is alright this is where I'm from this is my team you know the entire coaching staff left Graham Murray left I don't know why Graham Murray's left I haven't heard if he's got a job somewhere else whatever but the timing's not the best Um so Graham Murray's left so is there an issue in the club just now potentially I don't know you know something's not right you know I I, I think that I don't think Gerard got, got a phone call on on the Monday morning or the Sunday night and had a, and his entire backroom staff had agreed terms within 20, 24, 40 hours. I don't believe that. You know, I'm not naive. I understand how football works. I understand that people talk to each other, but it's not going to come as the biggest surprise if a book comes out in three or four, five, six, seven years' time that says, you know what, in the summer, Gerard had decided, no, I can't take this side any further. We haven't been able to strengthen it. It's time for me to move on. Um, and perhaps the players have known that or some of the key players have known that. Perhaps they've been able to sense it. I don't know. But there is a malaise. It's not just the defence. Defence will get the pummeling for this, but the midfield is poor today. Up front, they were diabolical today. Um, uh, you know, Morelos was as poor as he's been, I thought, today. Um, so, uh, you know, Goldson isn't the defender he was last season, but he's not the only one. And uh, uh, that's my kind of concern here, Ross. I think I think you're right, by the way, about Gerard, and it, this did not happen in 24, 48 hours. Um, I think we all kind of had a sense whether the way that we started the season that was he struggling to motivate the players was he struggling to motivate himself and his staff then after Malmo you think of the Champions League did he at that point decide well I'm, I'm now playing for the same things that I've played for the last three years I don't know um, I'll stay with yourself Colin uh, sorry John and I'll, I'll bring Colin in in a few moments on this but the point that you make about doing the Sunday show when we've played on a Sunday, and particularly when we've lost on a Sunday, um, it's it's not the easiest task, and it's uh, it, you're right. It's very very hard to stay. I mean, I would only be here but for the money I'm getting paid. Otherwise, Absolutely. there's no way I would be here on this today. Uh, you got to save up for new headphones. Um, it's <laughs> it's it's very very difficult to to take the emotion out of it. And I was like you. Final whistle went. I actually switched it off two minutes before. I switched it off after Conor Goldson put it over the bar from three yards. I just couldn't couldn't watch anymore. But, you know, I, I sort of tried to stay calm, stay collected. Let's let's rationally analyse. They had three shots on target. They scored them all. Coaching staff left, etc. Um, and then I saw Conor Goldson's post-match interview. And I'll, I'll be honest, my, I am disgusted, actually, at some of the comments that he's made. Um, and I don't, I don't tend to get too impassioned by comments made by footballers after games. And we go back to the thing that Tavernier said a couple of seasons ago. Do you remember that about in his programme notes, we struggle to play in front of our own fans or um, the thing, teams get on top of us too much and that affects us. I thought a lot of the reactions to that was maybe out of context or it wasn't quite what he meant. He didn't convey his thoughts properly. Conor Goldson today spoke about how the game was done at halftime and spoke about how the players don't really seem interested. Well, firstly, my thoughts on that are if, if anyone's disinterested, it's the team leader, maybe not the club captain, but the guy who filled in for the club captain when the captain was injured, who's refusing to sign a new contract and clearly has a club in mind in England that he wants to go to. But the game was done at half-time, at 3-1, because we were two goals down in a cup semi-final. That, for me, as a Rangers player, is, is an unforgivable attitude. And I don't know if that's something to do with the interim management team who never really gave them much of a pep talk at halftime. But if that's the feeling in that dressing room, I, I'm disgusted by that. What did you make of those comments? Yeah, they were. it was really quite surprising. I, I, I read them and then I went and found the, the... Well, I only saw the snippet. I didn't see the entire interview, but I saw that particular snippet and that was it was a very strange thing to say. Uh, I did wonder that, 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 that he... 
did you mean to say that? Um, you know, it was a very strange thing to say. I, you know, I've I've known a few professional footballers, and I have to say, you know, they they've never struck me as people who have chucked it at half time. You know, with only two goals in it, that that it's not. You know, these these guys with thirty seconds to go who still think they can score two goals. Um, so I was surprised at him saying it. Um, you may have touched upon something there that that maybe what he was actually saying was that. They, you know, at, at half time, you know, the way that I, I was amazed they didn't, there was no changes made at half time. You know, we were, I, I, I was really surprised. I texted my cousin and, and said, Can you believe this? The same teams come out in the second half. Um, you know, I was amazed there were no changes made. And it may just be that, you know, the, the, the guys in the dressing room taking the team didn't carry the authority that was required, that had been left to the kind of senior players to sort out. They hadn't sorted it out. Um, it, it may be that that's what he meant. Um, I'm, I'm like you. That's not a comment for the vice captain Rangers to be making. You know, two goals down in a in a cup semi final. You know, no, it's still all to play for. You know, there's absolutely no reason. It's, you know, it's Hibs, and what's frustrating here is, you know, it's a Hibs out of forum. It's a Hibs that haven't won since September. You know, yeah, so, I haven't, so, I haven't played. I haven't played in a month. You know, there's a team there that 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 were there. You know, that we, I can't help but feel had we got a second goal, that they would have crumbled because I, there's a lack of confidence there. Just now, I don't think they could believe there were three goals up. Mm-hmm. Um, you could see that when when Arfield scored. That um, you know that we just had a little uh, half time came at the wrong time. Um, but I, I like you said, Goldson's away. I think everybody knows Goldson's away. It would be no shock if he left in January. Uh, I think it would probably be better all round. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, you know, I, I, I like Conor Goldson. I, I think he was personally, I think you know, he's probably our player of the year at various different points in his time with us. But I, I think his his time is is up. I, I suspect he wouldn't be playing just now if there was someone else to play. Um, yeah. I think that's I think that's uh, goes without saying. So I, I suspect he'll be away in January. Very, a very very good point. Would he be playing if uh, if there was someone else who could who could fill in? Uh, and I think I'm right in saying that Connor Golson was he not voted the Jersnet Man of the Player of the Season last year? And yeah, not by were, me. I went for Stephen Davis well, because as we enough. know, Ross, I, I'm always right. That's well, you know that's that's what we discussed. That about. is that is very true. I think we were actually hopeful of um, of presenting Connor with a an award. That, that you know yeah. that we've got. Um, I'm going to suggest that I I'm not going to be the person to hand over that trophy. Um, I, don't, I mean, I don't think he's going to be here long enough for that to happen anyway. So no. oh, we'll post it to him. I mean, Colin, look, this is a guy who isn't signing a new deal for whatever reason. Whether that's because he's got another club or he wants thinks he deserves more money. There is not a performance that he's put in this season uh, that would make me want to put a new deal in front of him. Um, and then he comes out with those comments. Yeah, uh, I'm feeling very kind of emotionally charged on this tonight. But um, I, if I was the, the the manager looking at that, I would be inclined to say that he's lost his place in the starting eleven, and that it's either a Jack Simpson or a Leon King that comes in until we can get Nico Katic back in January. How, how does that sound? I mean, I, 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 I'm. I'm... As much as his comments have, have angered and puzzled me, you know, you, you also have to be careful that you don't create a bigger situation than the one that's already there. Uh, would those players come in and do a better job than Goldson's doing now? I don't know. But I mean, on his comments, I mean, I mean I'm mean, i approaching 50, right? I still play five sides every Wednesday. Now, I'm overweight. Um, you know, I'm, I'm slower than a week in the jail. I'm asthmatic. I'm type 1 diabetic. And I don't have that attitude when I play Fice. You know what I mean? I never think, well, this this game's over until it's actually over. And and that the other comment he made about, uh, you know, maybe the hunger's gone. <laughs> I mean, how? What? Again, I, I, I'm my biggest fear, and I only play football at an amateur level. You know, my five sides with my mates. My biggest fear is not being able to play football. That is one of the biggest fears of my life. That I know that there's more years behind me kicking a ball than there is in front of me. I, I, I genuinely cannot understand anyone who does that for a profession, that does that, is lucky enough to do that for a living at a club like Rangers, turning around and saying, actually, yeah, I think we've lost a bit of the hunger. I, I, I genuinely kind of get my head around that. 
You know what I mean? He, yeah. All these guys are in such a privileged position. The fact that they're getting paid to play the game that all of us love. The fact that they're at a club like Rangers, a huge club like Rangers with a huge following, the opportunity to play in Europe to win trophies and all that kind of thing. And he doesn't fancy a bit of that. Or he's saying that some of the players in that dressing room don't fancy a bit of that. I can't get my head around that. I really can't. I, I genuinely can't get my head around that. And, and you know, the other comment that he made about... Uh, <coughs> sorry, what was it he said? It said we've the, lost the, the, the hunger. The, the hunger was gone and the, the, the game was done at halftime. Yeah. I mean, I, I, like when, when, when our field, when that goal went in, I thought it came at exactly the right time because they hadn't long went 3 nothing up. So straight away, that 3-0 becomes nothing again. You know, you're, you're back to the two-goal difference. And like my son said to me at that point, you know, at halftime, we need to get a quick goal. And I said, like, this need to be quick. You know, even if we get a goal with like 20 minutes to go, 50 minutes to go, yeah. it, puts, it puts the pressure on then. And, I, and I'm like, John, I think if we had got that goal, you know, Hibs would have, would have started to panic a wee bit. Uh, but there was just a real lack of belief today, I think. I, I don't think... There was a wee sort of 10, 15 minutes at the start of the second half where we, we hemmed them in. You know, they, they really couldn't get out at all, Hibs. They were... But I, I can't really remember a save that the keeper had to make. You know, there's a, a you know we were talking earlier on about the the defence that's constantly conceding the lack of creativity. You know, you, you know something. The way Rangers play, that's four three three, and the way we try and move the ball about quickly. I was looking at Martin Boyle today, thinking, what if he was leading our line? How much damage would we, would we cause? Because one of the things that we don't seem to be able to do is turn teams. At this present moment in time, we can't turn teams. When Barisic has the ball, when Tav has the ball, when our midfielders have the ball, there, there is a real lack of, of options available for them. You know, the, 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 they can't play passes between the, the, the centre-backs and, and the, the full-backs because there doesn't seem to be anyone going in behind. And I was looking at Martin Boyle today thinking, someone like that, and I'm not saying we should go for Martin Boyle, although I, I would take him. You know, and, and I, I think there was a suggestion uh, in, in the Athletic, Jordan Campbell was saying that Gerard was looking at Nisbet and and he was told there was no funds to get on that kind of thing. You know, I don't think we should write these boys off because they're playing with Hibs and all the rest of it. You know, there, there are good young Scottish players out there. And Morelos, like I know he scored 100 goals for Rangers and he's he's been great for Rangers, but the way he plays, I just wonder sometimes if, if it's not the sort of striker that this team needs. We need someone who's going to show and, and go beyond that you know, the, the back four. It, it, like, see when Morelos gets his ball, he's back to goal. You know he's not turning. He's, he's too slow. He's, he's not oh, yeah. got the ability to turn. And so defenders are quite comfortable. If he's, got, if he's got the ball with his back to goal, I think defenders are comfortable with that. You know yeah. what I mean? So I, I, I just think we need, we need something a wee bit different. Something to sort of get, get defenders turning. That's, that's, that's what I think we can't do at the moment. And when I, Seeing the team today, I mean, John was talking about some of the subs that, uh, you know, no changes at half time. I agree with that. But also, when I saw the team, when I saw Barisic on the team, I was like, you know, I love Barisic. He's, mm-hmm. he's, he's been brilliant for Rangers, but I don't think any of us can say that he's been anywhere near the, the, the level that he's capable of this season. I think he's lost a, a yard, two yards of pace. I don't think it's coming back. I think we've been waiting for him to hit those heights. The amount of times. I was kind of quite close to the touchline today at the corner flag. The amount of times that first half he came down that side, he can't beat his man. He literally can't beat his man. He can't get enough space to get his cross. At any time he tried to get a delivery in, it was it was getting cut out. And then when he does have time to get a delivery, you know, he's, when he's a wee bit deeper and he's looking to put it in from deeper, his accuracy is, is way, yeah. way off. And I think Bassey has been offering more in that position this season. And so I was really surprised when Barisic was in there. I really was, because he's, he's just not offered anything this season at all. Yeah, I, I wondered if um, if the interim coaching staff were kind of playing it safe by playing the most experienced players. I, was, I thought that would have saw Arfield in there as well. Yeah. Um, but I was quite chuffed. I was quite chuffed that Arfield was in. I thought, you know, I like Arfield. I know, I know you don't, but I think, I, well, the minute I saw him in the team, I, I said to one of my mates, I said, he'll score today. Well, because it, it, that's the type of, and he did. Just a shame that we were three on down at the time. But I, I think I, I think I feel moves us a wee bit quicker at times. He's the type yeah. of player that takes a touch and moves it on. Uh, whereas I think Kamara at times he just kind of runs about and you know what I mean, try to and just like, like, where are you going? You know, and and I, I think that clogs us up. You know, I, th- I think we need to get back to the way we were last season. 
you know, when players were taking one-two touch and moving it on, one-two touch, moving it on, and we were hammering teams with, with, with the, the movement off the ball. You know, whoever's got the ball has always got options. I don't think that's the case at the moment. You know, yeah. you see players with the ball looking about thinking, who, who, who do I give it to? Mm-hmm. Can I just come back in on the Goldson thing, just before yeah. you move us on? It's interesting listening to what, what Colin said, and I agree with everything Colin said in terms of, of uh, you know, a Rangers plus should not be saying that. But just before we castigate him too much, I think he was telling the truth. You know, I mean, he yeah. could have come out this. He could have come out in an interview and just given us platitudes. You know, oh, we, we just there wasn't our day. We tried. You know, he could just have given us the usual platitudes that players give us after these games. In actual fact, I think he's thinking about the hunger. First, it shouldn't be the case. I think if we'd all been honest with each other, I think we probably know what is the case. I think you know. I think it's something we've spoken about. I don't think he's not saying, Colin. I don't think he's not. I don't think he's saying we've we've no hunger to play football anymore. I think what he's saying is that the hunger that drove us last season to this this whole relentless to become invincible that has left some of our players. Now I don't know if he meant himself or if he was talking about other players, but I think he was telling the truth. I, I, I mean, I don't think I, I'm not saying for a minute. That he wasn't telling the truth. I think the fact that he was telling the truth, that's what I find staggering. You know what I mean? I can accept... But you find I, staggering... But you've seen us play this season. Yeah, but I mean, I, I, I would accept someone saying, you know, the attitude in, in some of the players is, you know, a team that's went 38 games undefeated in the league, you could accept that some players would maybe slip into the mode, well, this is easy, and standards drop that way. It's not a case that the hunger's left them. It's a fact that their, their standards have dropped because they don't think they need to be as high. No, we, we won the league by 20 odd points. Right? So some players might think, well, even if they drop off 10%, you know, still got plenty in the bank, we'll still win the league. That uh, That's not a, a, a loss of appetite and a loss of hunger. That's a, this is too easy. You is, know, that just, I, 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 is that not just semantics, Colin? Is that, is no, it different? I no, I, I, I think that's different. And I think you can get out of that, you know, if you, all of a sudden you realise, actually, by the way, we need to put the effort in. He's saying that players don't have the hunger to, to win things. And I, yeah. I, 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 as, 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 as someone who still tries to play football at a very low level, I mean, I see boys every Wednesday, you know, running through brick walls just to win a game of fives. You know what I mean? There's no lack yeah. of hunger I, I, amongst the boys. Absolutely. I'm not, the point I'm making isn't that I'm, I'm not, what I'm saying is I think he's telling the truth. You know, I think he gave us an insight into the dressing room that we've not had. You know, I, whether it's because the manager's not there and there's not somebody there to control what the players are saying, but I think he gave us an insight into that dressing room and and an insight into what part of partly what's been wrong with the team this season. That that result's been coming. You know, if we're no, all being I, honest I, I, with I, each other, yeah, I, that I, would, I, I wouldn't disagree with that. No, I mean yeah. it nearly came against Aberdeen. Yeah. You know, when we went two and a half down, we managed it. Uh, that's what we've been saying week in, week out in this show. We're going to come a cropper. You know, we can't keep conceding the first goal and expect to, to, to get ourselves out of that hole. Yeah. We've been doing it on the, on the majority of cases, but as you say, a day like today was coming. And, and, and I said this, I think it was the Dundee game uh, when we won one nine up at Dens. I think that was the week I said, you know what? I, I've noticed a difference in teams this season. They fancy it against us. Every yeah. team we've played this season, fancies their chances Jack Ross fancied that today he said to his players you can beat us you have not won for however many weeks but by the way you turn up the day you'll beat us team and I think but, that's telling but Colin this is a guy correct me if I'm wrong but certainly up until this season Jack Ross has never beaten Rangers or Celtic as Hibs manager How, where does where does that belief come from that, that they can uh, uh, like, like we say a team that's not won since September that's not played this month because of Covid a team that's never that never beaten Rangers or Celtic under this manager and that, uh, where does the belief come from that they can beat the team that went unbeaten last season because uh, because that team is is now the team that we see now that team last season's gone yeah and we're, con- we're conceding week after week if you're seeing a team's conceding week after week I'm seeing it every week now at, at the Camelon games as well the amount of times I've got the Camelon games at the moment and they, they're, they're, I've seen them being two and up with like 10, 15 minutes to go and they still lose the game. They've done it against 10 men as well one time. They were two and up and lost 4 2. Same happened yesterday. Two and up. And the minute uh, Musselburgh scored the first to, to bring it to 2 1, all of us looked at one another and went, that's it. Musselburgh are going to win this game. And they did. 
So mm-hmm. you, you can see trends, and you can see when teams, managers can, you know, teams and managers can 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 smell blood. When they know a team's there for the taking, they know a team's there for the taking. And I think every team that Rangers face at the moment know we are vulnerable and know we are there for the take. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, Ross, uh, you know, Jack Ross didn't need to give a team talk. You know, the Pailers just needed to read, read the papers for the last seven days. I mean, they knew Rangers were in, you know, let's be honest, the team must have been in disarray. You know, the, the, the entire coaching team had disappeared. The team that had coached, and that is, you know, for all, a couple of the players have been there a while, that's Gerrard's team. Mm-hmm. And their entire their entire coaching team is gone. You know, it wasn't like, you know, the assistant manager was standing in for, you know, it's not like what's happened at Man United. The assistant manager's going to stand in, so, you know, there'll be some continuation. You know, but, you know with, the, with the best one in the world, we've got, you know, the guys running the B team. And I'm sure there is some crossover, and I'm sure these guys help each other out from time to time. But, you know, let's be honest. Um, you know, so where did that come from for for for, um, for Hibs today? You know, it's it's in the head. It's all in the head. The problems of this season are in the head. It's a psychological thing, which is why I think what Goldson said is is important. You know, this thing about hunger. You know that. So where does that come from? That comes from the top. You know, so that comes from. In the players' case, that will come from the senior players. That will come from the management team and the and the and the training and the training people, people who are coaching it. And if the hunger isn't, if the hunger isn't in the management team, and we have to wonder if it was this mm-hmm. season, if the yeah. hunger wasn't in the management team, you can't expect it from the players. You can't expect the players to find it themselves. Okay, and if the hunger is missing, then they either need to replace those players or they need to figure out a way of bringing that hunger back. Now. We're in a fortunate position just now, and that we do have, with the exception of centre half just now, get two or three players for each position. Everybody in that team can be dropped. Mm-hmm. That, you know, that's how you bring the hunger back. I think. I think I take issue with the point that the players can't be hungry if the management team aren't hungry. I mean, I, I don't see why they why they wouldn't be hungry. I don't see why they would go. But we won one trophy, so that's that's enough. Um, I, I I would have thought that they would still they would want to put right all of the Hamden wrongs that they've suffered over the past three years. Um, but I think, you know, to, to put a slightly more optimistic spin on it, as we now move into the, the, the Van Bronckhorst era, you would think that the previously undroppable players, and I don't use that term lightly, but your, your players like your, your Goldsons, your Taverniers, let's be honest, okay, let's take, let's take Tavernier and Barisic, Surely the three of us can agree that those two in in either position, they are not our best player in that position this season. In fact, surely everyone can see that Nathan Patterson right now is the best right back at Rangers, but he doesn't get played nearly as much as he should. Same with Calvin Bassey. I, Calvin Bassey, I think I said it to, to Colin when we did the, um, the quick wrap-up after the Ross County game. Calvin Bassey, for me, could well be player of the season so far, the, the performances he's put in in certain games. Um, and yet... Gerard and Co. For, for all of the criticism around substitutions, I think he often started with the wrong team because he was overly loyal and overly faithful to certain players who who needed to be dropped. I remember it last season, uh, or possibly the season before, with Ryan Kent. Ryan Kent went through some dreadful spells of form, and it was only when the pressure to drop Ryan Kent was overwhelming after four, five, six poor games in a row that he would sit out for two games, and then he would come back and he'd be hungry again. Doesn't seem to happen in certain other positions. But maybe as we move into the Van Bronckhorst reign, uh, reign, maybe it will, and maybe that's that's a reason to be to be optimistic. Uh, John, just uh, one final question that I have for you is: Gerard and Cole have gone. In terms of people who are still at Rangers for today's result, who's to blame? Is it the players? Is it the board and Ross Wilson for not getting someone in sooner? Is it to a degree Gio himself for for not being willing to take the game today? Is it David McCallum and the B team staff, or or is that fault solely with with Gerard and his team for walking away? I mean, I'm not going to blame some guy called McCallum for that. I just <laughs> can't be doing that. That's integrity. Um, this pod right in this one. Um, I, I, you look. Can you, uh, like you guys, I was surprised Barisic started. Um, I was surprised Sakala didn't start as well. Um, but I think the only thing I would blame the 
the, the coaching staff who took the team to Davos for the substitutions. So I thought substitutions yeah. were were too late. And, uh, you know, I don't want to criticise Adibo coming off because I'm going to assume he had an injury because otherwise it didn't make any sense whatsoever. But, you know, you could have brought off another 10, but he was the one guy that looked like he could do something today. Um, so that was a puzzle. So I'm, I'm going to assume he had an injury or, or, or you know, I don't know. Um, there must have been a reason for it that wasn't just simply down to thing. So I, I don't know. I don't think you can blame them. You can blame them for a wee bit of it. Um, I don't think you can blame Ross Wilson. I mean, I, I, you know, I think, frankly, you know, this. I personally think the speed that we managed to find a new manager um, and get that all put together. I and mean, I think there are work permit issues for for Van Bronckhorst as well. And I, I don't understand fully, you know, if he's got his work permit now or if he's still actually got to wait another. Maybe the same thing happened with um, with the Celtic manager that a wait for a work permit. Um, I don't think you can blame Van Pronkhurst for not taking the team today. Um, I don't even know if legally he's allowed to take the team today, but um, I don't think you can. Um, I think it was right for him to, you know, let the people who've coached him this week take that and, and then get a chance to see the team. So I don't have an issue with there. The board, I don't know what's been going on behind the scenes. You know, uh, let's be frank, the, the finances of the club are, are not good. Um, and, uh, you know, it's not like we could have... Uh, it's not like we could have gone out and strengthened the team in the summer with finances like that. Um, I think you have to say the board have got bigger. They've got, I won't swear because I think my kids are back in the house again. But the, let's just say they've got bigger guts than me because I wouldn't be, I wouldn't have gambled with that kind of money that they've gambled with in a, uh, last season. And I'm so pleased they did and I'm so pleased they got us over the line. But I think we all know that there's a period of austerity coming up. Um, and I suspect that is why Gerard and his backroom team have left. Certainly, one of the, the factors. So I think ultimately, yeah, I think you do need to blame Gerard. You know, I, I think his timing was terrible. Um, you know, appreciate a job come up, but you know, I think his timing was awful. Um, I, I know we've went over this in the pod. I know a lot of you, everybody's had their, their say. Um, uh, we all knew Gerard was passing through. We all knew that you know Rangers wasn't his final destination. Everybody knew that. Um, but I thought his timing on leaving was was poor um, with a, with a, a cup semi final and and a very important European game uh, being our next two matches. I, I, his timing was rotten. Um, so ultimately, I, I do I do I think I hold him responsible. I think him, you know I am not one of these guys who's you know who hates Gerard now. I'm not one of these guys who's punching cardboard cutouts off him and things like that. <laughs> but I think ultimately. I think we do hold him responsible for 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 what happened. Um, you know, his timing was shocking. You know, a, a period where we should have been talking. You, the conversation today should have been how well Nathan Patterson did for for Scotland. You know, when does he get into that team? You know, it turned into a completely separate, completely different conversation. You know, the club's in disarray. Um, you know, Van Brockhurst has a, has a job in his hands now to settle the players, settle the fans, try and get things back on. Because, like you said, one of you said, the teams smell blood now when they play Rangers. Is it uh, is it time for me to take this picture down? Because Stephen Gerrard's right in the middle of that there. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. I mean, he's part of our history. As I said, I'm not one of these guys that hates. I think Colin's still a bit. Bit better towards him, and he, you know, but uh, you know, what happens happened. I, I'm looking forward, but you know, I think if we're looking for someone to blame for today, I think he has to take the lion's share of it. Mm-hmm. Colin, it's a hell of a week coming up for Rangers. We essentially have, uh, in my eyes, a, a European playoff. If we can beat Sparta Prague by two goals um, on Thursday, then we are through to the, the knockout stages of Europe for the third successive season, um, followed by a, a trip to the Tony Macaroni which is never a pleasant place to go. and, and uh, I mean, even even if you're just going there for non-footballing reasons, a trip to Livingston is never that enjoyable. No, I was, I was born in Livingston. Oh dear, I've done it again. <laughs> um, I, I hadn't uh, moved away from Livingston when I was, I think, six months old. I've not been back until a couple of years ago when I went to a game at the Tony Macaroni. And I can see why my parents wanted to move with a six-month-old baby. Like right, I don't care how difficult this is, we're we're getting out of Livingston. Um, but it's it's a it's a huge week. Um, what needs to happen now? You know, first thing tomorrow, nine a.m. What needs to happen in order to set us up into a, a place of positivity and to tackle this week? Well, I mean, one thing I'll say about Rangers today. I mean, you were, you were saying there about you know who's to blame, all the rest of it. 
I agree with John. I think if if, if anyone this this lies on Gerard's head, I think he's everything John said there about his timing was was poor, and, and especially when you consider some of the interviews he'd just given as well. You know, don't ask silly questions, all that kind of stuff. Aye, I mean, I'll, I'll forgive Gerard in the future. I always forgive folk that let the club down. You know, once that the the sort of rawness of it passes. I mean, after fifteen years, I forgave Graham Souness for for walking out in Rangers. So, you know, I look forward to forgiving Stephen Gerrard when I'm 64 years old or whatever it is. Uh, but yeah, I, th- I think that's, he's, he's put the club into a bit of a meltdown and I, I would also put some of the blame on the players. You know, we were only asking them to get us through one game and I, th- I think a good few of them let us down. In terms of what needs to happen now, we'll, you know, Van der Ronkers has to go in and, and, and pick those guys up. He needs to show... Uh, that he's the man for the job and he's the leader because that's what I thought we lacked today. We looked like a team without a leader. You know, we looked leaderless. I thought today, uh, I, I didn't think there was any on the park, and obviously there, there was none in the dugout. And you also you, you have to try and you know take the negative and, and turn it into potential positives. I mean, if, if Van Bronckhorst does get that two 0 win or a three one win on Thursday, you know today's games wiped out straight away, and all of a sudden we're we're moving forward in a, in a more positive frame of mind. So there's an opportunity there for him. It's a big opportunity for him to make a big statement in his first game. He gets to put the players on side. He needs to deal with some of the issues that we've been speaking about in terms of you know conceding goals and and not creating enough and not scoring. At the end of the day, this team went 38 games last season in the league undefeated. There's a good team in there. Okay, they've lost their way at the moment. Apparently, they don't have the hunger. If Van Bronckers can go in there, if he's the coach that, that Rob sort of implied that he can be if he can get by in early he can get a good week this week get that result on Thursday get us into the playoffs and then we go to Livingston in a, in a better frame of mind although it could go the other way you know if we don't get the result on Thursday we're going to Livingston in a bit of disarray but you've got to look at it as a, it's an opportunity for him it's a big big game a big night at Ibrox big European night under the lights you know if, if someone like Van Bronckhorst can't take that on then we're in a bad place so I think you've got to obviously today's sore take it on the chin but you've got to look at it as Thursday it's a big opportunity for Van Bronckhurst and players have got to react to it very much so very much so that takes us um, just over the hour so we will we'll call it a day there I, I apologise that it's been a, I was a enjoying talking about the Hibs game as well I can't believe you're cutting us off of there oh, I know it's, 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 you know, I, I really really enjoyed speaking to Rob earlier um about fine art and about geo and um, I tried to stretch that out as long as possible to, to mitigate or minimise how long we, we talk about hips. I'm sorry that it has been a, a sort of negative last 30, 35 minutes. My my dog had his boss locked off this weekend and he's still in a better mood than I am tonight. So that kind of, it's, it is rough doing these shows uh, only a couple hours after a result like that. But No well, pun let me, intended. Let me, let me tell you one thing. One thing, right? I went to see Rangers B yesterday. All right. Um, and they they won 5-1 against uh, Broomhill uh, you know they're, they're I've only first time I've seen them this season so I don't know the average in that league but Rangers B look like they should be playing you know at least one more division up than what they are playing certainly based on yesterday but a couple of boys really caught the eye there um, you know caught my eye anyway you know, I know the boys that scored actually there's a full back there left back uh, Robbie Fraser, mm-hmm. I think his name is. Um, yeah, in a wonderful game, you know, a, you know, proper modern attacking fullback, um, and you have to take the opposition into account. Um, but they were playing five at the back. I mean, they were looking to hit us on on set pieces. Ironically, and that is where they got their goal from a set piece because it's actually quite small. The Rangers B team is actually quite a small team, a you know slight team as well. And then the other boy that really caught the eyes, a, a, a lad called Alex Lowry. Playing number seven, uh, initially I thought he was a midfielder, but I think he was he was probably playing in actually in a, a kind of number ten role. Um, what a range of passing! You know, a, a, a absolute delight to watch. Um, so I would say anybody who's a bit down after today, you know, the Rangers be go along and see them. That's the first time I've seen them this season. You know, it's 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 interesting. It's 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 like watching Rangers, but a little bit different. You know, um, I, I, but it's interesting watching the boys and, and how they play. You know, you know they play football. You know, it's, they play football the way you, you want to see it played. It's you know, it's 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 quick passing. It's it's sharp. It's nice to watch. It's pleasing in the eye. So um, I'm going to focus on that from this weekend. That's what I'm going to take away from this weekend. 
Yeah, you saw a Rangers team winning this weekend, John. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. That sounds pretty good to And me. I got to see Dumbarton at the same time. So, you yeah, know, well, I see well. your Livingston and I raise you Dumbarton. <laughs> you've, got to take with the, you've got to take the good with the bad. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Which one's Dumbarton? Um, gents, that will that will do it for us. I think we'll, we'll, we'll wrap things up there. A massive thank you to, to both Colin and to John for giving us their, their time this evening and, and as well to Rob who, who, who joined us a little bit earlier on to, to look at the geo situation from a finer perspective. Um, really, really useful. And if you joined us a little bit late, then please do download the show as it comes out tomorrow morning and, and listen back to hear from Rob and, and get his thoughts on our appointment of Giovanni Van Bronckhorst. It's an exciting week at Rangers as we go into uh, the geo era. Jesnet podcast will, of course, be back uh, next Sunday with the main show, we'll probably try and squeeze in a couple of preview shows as well, looking at the uh, upcoming Europa League tie, as well as the trip to the Tony Macaroni Arena on Sunday. Um, in the meantime, please do head over to the website at www.jesnet.co.uk and make sure you subscribe to the podcast to make sure you don't miss a thing. Thank you so much for joining us. And until next time, have a great week.